dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. smokes guys we're so freaking excited for our return guest today get ready because we are joined again by the amazing ashley iverson welcome back hi (laughs) thank you for having me (laughs) i am too this episode is going to be packed full of wholesome conversations about mindfulness and self-care So for those of you who don't know her, Ashley is the executive director of Iverson Foundation for Active Awareness. We're going to give you a little bit of background on that story. On December 14th, 2017, Corey Iverson, a fire apparatus engineer for Cal Fire, paid the ultimate sacrifice while battling the Thomas Fire in Ventura County, California. He was survived by his wife, Ashley, their daughter, Evie, and at the time, their unborn daughter, Taylor. Ashley had spent more than half of her life battling severe anxiety and depression, largely in part from PTSD due to nearly losing her home at the age of 13 from arson and also from an inner need to help others. Just one month prior to Corey's passing, a colleague took his own life, leaving behind a young child and wife. It was then that Corey understood the gravity of mental health and the devastation it can leave behind in its wake. In founding the Iverson Foundation for Active Awareness, Ashley is able to keep Corey's memory alive for their daughters and to continue on Corey's legacy through his sacrifice to help all first responders. Okay. So, um, you've been on with us a few times. What's new. How are you? Oh, I'm good. good. I'm good. Um, life is good. It's weird. You know, it's, um, I, every time I hear someone kind of give the little synopsis of who Corey is and was and what our life has become through his sacrifice, it sends chills down my body and makes me feel a little bit ill. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, I, I, um, I wouldn't change it to be honest Um, because of his sacrifice and what uh, it has pushed me to do. I can confidently say that I am stronger today, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually than I have ever been in my life. Um, And he gave me the opportunity to, to help in, in uh, the way that I was searching for for so many years i mean i'm not gonna lie every time i hear the intro it also and i'm pretty sure judged by chelsea's face right now i have the same feelings like it also gives me the chills and in a different way so it's i can't imagine it gets any easier to hear yeah it's bizarre it's it's like i 
you know, I live it every day, mm-hmm. but I, it's almost like, even though he's on my mind every day and most of the days, it's, it, it's hard to even fathom what really happened and, and what our life really is. You know, it's been nearly four years now. <laughs> A lot of times I'm like, I've actually raised two children for four years by myself, but, but maybe it's, be, maybe it's so hard to comprehend and believe because it hasn't been by myself. Um, the support that we've had, um, it's just unbelievable. Um, so I really haven't done it by myself. Um, yeah. And I, I was, I was just about to say, I haven't, I had the opportunity to meet the girls and oh my gosh, they're like the most adorable things I've ever seen in my life. And thank you. An incredible job, mom. Incredible job. Thank you. Yeah, thank mom. you. Well, like I said, I'm not doing it by myself, so I can't take all the credit. By well, one you can take a good portion of it for sure. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you got them to eat shrimp and I would like to know how you get <laughs> shrimp and broccoli <laughs> right? just to eat shrimp. Okay. I can't even get my 17 year old to eat shrimp. So here's the trick with kids is bribery, right? <laughs> like if you don't eat your food, then you don't get sugar afterwards too. I just don't give them any other options. Yep. So it's like, you know, that, that was like, I was sitting there in awe. <laughs> <laughs> It depends on the kid too. Cause I have one kid. If you yeah. dare them to do it, they will eat anything. Yeah. But the other kids yeah. are like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want that dare. I'm good. I've been doing this for 17 years and I still haven't figured that one out. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So yes. Incredible job. Um, I don't even, I can't even imagine having to do this by myself. So my hat is completely off to you and you get, so much of the credit, like don't ever discredit yourself there because no matter the help that you get, you're still mom, you know, you're still providing something that no one else can to your girls. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a big reason on why I'm here. Right. Like if I didn't have them and I also, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, it could have been just to myself, to be honest, but, um, thinking about the how public Corey's incident was right and a lot of people are like god like it was so public and you know there was just so many people involved and da, 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 da. to be honest I think that it for me was the best case scenario I honestly I feel like everything that happened since has been best case scenario for for me but I just couldn't imagine it being private um, because Corey was my number one, right? He was my rock. He was, he, he saw the strength in me that I didn't see. And for him to be gone and not have all that external support, I guaranteed wouldn't be talking to you today. and also wouldn't have had the profound change that I did over the course of 2020 to today, because, you know, they, they warn you 
in the beginning of being a widow that it's going to get quiet. And I was like, all right, okay, sure. This is different. This situation is different. Like it's, uh, I'm living in my purpose. And in, in the first two years, I was invited to speak in public venues over 30 times. And I was just like, all right, this is, he lined me up. I'm living my purpose. Let's go. And I don't think anybody could have predicted the quiet that 2020 brought. Right. And so at first I was like, nah, it's it's not a big deal. You guys like, this is not a big deal. And then seven and a half weeks being locked up in my house with two small children kind of lost my mind a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And so, you know, from there it was, I, uh, I was given the opportunity to grieve Corey in private and properly. I confronted anger for the first time, uh, which wasn't pretty, but um, I think that a very large lesson that I have learned in this whole journey and my own mental health well-being is not being afraid or shameful of whatever emotion is coming your way, right? And so having the courage and opportunity to experience anger uh, and also feel depression again uh, for those first two years, I thought, oh, cool, my depression is gone, which is really strange to say, right? Because I lost my best friend, the father of my children and everything. Um, But because of all those external factors, I didn't feel depression and it came back, right? With a vengeance because all those external factors were gone. And then the darkness started telling me, you know, they only asked you to speak because of who Corey was, not because of who you are. Uh, you are, you're great in the beginning and then, and then, and then you fade into the shadows with everything that you do. And so it, it, uh, yeah, it took me a minute, um, to walk in that place, but what I had was the unbelievable mm, gifts of life that Corey gave me since he left. I've seen and experienced things <laughs> that would just blow your mind. Right. And so I had that to remember and fall back on that no matter how dark it gets, there will always be something to look forward to and something that brings you light and joy. That's interesting. So it's like delayed grief almost. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced grief for sure. Um, but I was able to really feel it mm-hmm. um, because of COVID. So it was like, ne- it was, sounds like it was necessary almost. Thousand percent. Yeah. I, yeah, I, everything now makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of us are where we are today because of the good and the bad things that have happened in life. And before Corey left, I honestly couldn't see any of it. I, I couldn't see any of it. 
Okay, that's a really big update. Um, I'm don't really know where to go from there. <laughs> Honestly, and right. I'm just talking and I can't hear her because she's muted herself. <laughs> I'm unmuted. Sorry. Let's <laughs> see. This is moving. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, I'm a little tired. Okay. <laughs> um. So what we actually had you on the podcast today for is talk about <laughs> mindfulness and practicing self-care intentionally. Um, and I think that actually was a really good segue into that. Um, how you get yourself out of anger phase, how you practice staying healthy, all of those things. And I think our listeners need to hear that. I think we talk a lot about outside help, but we never really talk about the inner stuff that has to happen in order to get better. Yeah. Yeah. You can be beat on the head with opportunities to practice self-care, but it ultimately comes down to choice um, and priority. Are you going to put yourself first? Um, I think that a lot of people get self-care mixed up with selfishness. Um, it's in my belief that selfishness is with self as the center, right? And self-care is with the mindset that you are doing this to be better for those around you. Um, and during COVID, I kind of was, it just, it just all kind of fell into place. Um, prior to, I thought that self-care was going and getting massaged and getting my nails done and, and talking to first responders because that lit me up. Right. And then, and then being alone, um, it, it just kind of started happening. My routine was very important for me in the beginning of COVID and physical fitness has always been, um, a priority of mine, but it was the number one thing that I had to do every day to stay grounded and stay sane. Um, so physical fitness is a big one, a big one. And I think that we often get mm, kind of wrapped around the axle that physical fitness needs to be like running five miles or doing CrossFit and doing all these like super strenuous things. It really doesn't have to be that intense. It can be as simple as listening to your body. And let's say that you just can't fathom running today, right? So listen to your body and try out a gentle flow of yoga, right? If yoga is not your jam and it's just too intimidating, um, what really kicked it into gear for me doing something, something every day was uh, getting an accountability partner. My sister-in-law and I had plans to go to Maui in May this past year. And, you know, you want to look a little better when you're going to the beach, you know, and preparing to take some pictures. So um, I happened to come upon a guy who did a um, two-minute two challenge. Uh, essentially, uh, it's choosing three different exercises and doing each of them for two minutes, six minutes a day. 
you really can't make an excuse for that. Half the time, most of the time I'm doing it right next to my bed before I go to sleep at night. So it's like two minutes of burpees, two minutes of squats and two minutes of sit-ups. We would, we did that every day for a month. And then the next month we switched it up, having that accountability partner. And the fact that it was so fast, by the time you start doing it, you're already halfway done. So that's a big one. Um, breath. I think that breath is our greatest tool that is the most underappreciated. I mean, the simple fact, the, the, the simple act of just taking a deep breath and how it can bring you back to present, I think that that is the greatest kind of secret and power of um, self-care and mindfulness is, is the practice of bringing yourself back to right now, right? That's where, that's where mental health, um, you find yourself in the deepest is when you're so caught up in the past or predicting the future, right? And so using your breath to remind you where you are is everything. Yeah, I think Alex from Emergency Resilience talked about that a lot too. There was an app that she told me to use. I can't think of it right now. It's like a, it's literally a breathing app and you just do it until you don't want to do it. And it's, uh, it's been amazing. I didn't like ever think about it before. Um, and then when I started doing the app, it's like, it brings you back into yourself. It's, it's really cool. Um, there's a book called breath by James Nestor. For those of you that need like, you know, facts and, and, um, medical background, that one's a good one on just how powerful it is and, and why it is. Um, and meditation. Meditation is, is one that I think is very intimidating for people, um, but has the power to just change your life. Um, and, and what, what it is to me, what meditation is to me is getting to a point of in between the thoughts, that stillness and that peace in between your thoughts. That's where you start to learn who you are. You start to be able to be able to hear yourself uh, and also your higher self and your communication with self starts to grow. That's where your communication with others uh, is, is more effective. Um. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable when you, when you take accountability and you practice these very simple things that take less than 10 minutes, how profound it, it is. Um, I just, but again, 
you, you, you have to be able to take it upon yourself to make these changes. I hear so many people blaming all this external stuff for, for what they're feeling and, and who they are because of everything else outside of them. Uh, but, but, but it all comes down to what are you telling yourself? How are you perceiving your, your, your external world? I could take the, the, the perception that my husband is dead and life is fucking horrible. Or I could take the perception that my husband gave his life so I could live. Yeah, we actually, so I posted about this yesterday about complaining and being grateful. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, and I know you and Chelsea have talked about this too, about how complaining is such a negative word, but there's actually a positive behind it if you can get there, right? So if you're not taking action on the complaint or using it to fuel something inside of you, it just becomes this negative thing but it could actually be something that is extremely useful for you if you're complaining the right way. So what do you think? Like, how do you think complaining plays a role in mindfulness and in your own self-care? Honestly, I think that complaining is useless because to me, what complaining is, is negative affirmation. So uh, Louise Hay has, has been a profound uh, person in my life. Uh, and she was like a pioneer for the, the, the positive affirmations and the power of healing your body with what you're telling yourself in, in back in the eighties, I think it was it's when she started. Um, and so what you're, when you start to pay attention to what you're telling yourself, that is affecting everything. So whether, okay, so let's say you're complaining about something external. It's just a negative affirmation, uh, which is coming back to something you're telling yourself negative within yourself is what I would imagine. Right. So um, let's, okay. So we'll use, we'll use time for example, right. Get all bent out of shape. I got to do this. I got to do that. I don't have enough time period. What you're telling yourself when you're all wrapped up around the axle and you're rushing around and I don't have time, just having the flipping that script and saying, I have all the time in the world to execute everything I need. It just changes the whole day, right? Knowing that you have an infinite amount of time to execute everything that you need to execute then all the nonsense that doesn't need to be executed just falls away. Right. I would argue that time is what you make of it. Right. So you can't say you don't have enough time. You scheduled your day most likely, or if you didn't schedule your day, somebody else scheduled it for you. So you're right. Complaining is useless in that case. Um, I think constructively in order to know that we're, giving ourselves some negative self-talk. We have to know what we're feeling. We have to be in tune with our feelings. Right. And I think that's where Audra was getting at. Like 
in order to know that we're having a negative thought, we have to have the negative thought, right? <laughs> yeah. And you may, and the negative thought is so you bring consciousness to what needs to change. Right. So the, that's where the, the, the good part of, of a complaint would come in is the recognition that something in self needs to change and so then there's where action needs to come in instead of staying in that place of, and also I, I, when I think of complaining, I think of uh, someone else, someone else did something to upset me when th- there's nothing, you know, this is, this is at a very high consciousness, right? Which I, I'm not at that point, but no one can have a negative effect on you unless you, unless you allow them, unless you give mm-hmm. them the opportunity. And generally, when somebody is affecting you in a negative way, it's because there's something in you that needs to change. Yeah. And I think it's also maybe, you know, it's, it's like you're saying, it's the perception of complaining. And, you know, my biggest issue is when people say, you know, you don't need to complain about that. Somebody has it worse than you. Well, yeah, but you need to allow people space to air their grievance, I guess. Right. And then talk about it and figure out a way to resolve it. So to me, it's like, you have to learn how to be constructive about it. Right. About yeah, it's all about balance, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that that's where um, comparison is a good and a, can be a bad thing, right? So, I'm comparing myself against some other widow, where it can lift me up or it can also destroy me. So, it's 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 the balance and uh, the flow of both. Yeah, that's um, this quote. This always kills me is comparison is the thief of joy right because yeah it really really is and i think it turns into complaining and and a lot of negativity when you're comparing it can be yes it can be just just like this saying uh mo money mo problems right well you have more problems if you are looking for the problems. Yeah. Having more money doesn't automatically give you more problems. You know, you know, exactly. Like you create your own problems. I think we manifest our own destiny in a lot of ways when we're with with negative, we can, we can have a very negative life if we choose to. Absolutely. That's where, um, the law of attraction has been that that was a pretty profound, the, the secret was a pretty profound book for me many, many years ago. Um, and, and when you understand it and really lean into it, you're absolutely manifesting the, the thoughts that you're putting out there. So you got to be careful for what you, what you wish for, you know, no kidding. <laughs> Yeah. If you pray for patience, you'll definitely learn it. I think, yeah, because the universe will give you things to be patient for, to practice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you still doing the music resiliency? We are still doing the music resiliency. Tell me, tell me. I'm, so we started that uh, 
four, five, six weeks ago now, and we were planning on doing uh, just an eight week course with just spouses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have it uh, in person and virtually. And after the first session, I thought to myself, no, we need to open this up. And the reason we um, were doing it geared towards spouses is because it was fire season. So we figured, okay, first responders wouldn't be available anyway. Um, but it's a family unit type of situation. And I'm starting to lean towards, we may just keep it open instead of cutting it at the eight week. We may just continue running it depending on, um, the need and, um, attendance type. It's the, the power of music is very profound. And these individuals with resounding joy that are music therapists that provide understanding of what music is doing for you. Oh, they're just, they're so great. Um, and provide such a nurturing and uplifting environment. Um, so, uh, I am just grateful and proud to be sponsoring uh, work with, with those individuals. Okay, so what's what's next? What do you what do you got going on next? Uh, <laughs> what I've got going on, um, I'm actually sitting outside uh, at Paradise Point right now, PSPSA, which is a peer support. Alliance of America, what it, I don't even know what it stands for, um, for first responders sitting outside the building right now. And I'm prepared to, to meet up with a group of individuals to see if I can uh, do some more work for the first responder community and, and just um, offer what has been working for me to them. Um, Cause that's all I can do. Right. Is just, um, sharing what's working for me in hopes that somebody is able to benefit from that. That's amazing. You said paradise point. Yeah. Down here in San Diego. Yeah. So pretty. <laughs> yeah. It is. All right. Uh, do you have anything else for us? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I could keep going. I could keep going. But uh, I want to be in person. I want to be talking to these first responders. So I would say that if this, uh, if any of this stuff uh, speaks to you and you're a first responder yourself or you're a spouse, um, see if your department will let me come in and chit chat with you so I can go a lot more in depth on some of the topics that we've been talking about. And, uh, yeah, I'm stoked. I got some, some stuff up my sleeve that I think is, is easily digestible and easy to practice uh, while you're at work. That's a huge thing that I've been hearing is yeah. Self-care sounds great, but I'm stopping at work. So I can't do it. And um, self-care doesn't have to be that difficult. It doesn't have to take that much time. What it takes is consistency and practice and dedication and balance. I'd be surprised if you couldn't do breath work at work. Right. (laughs) You have your, and you can breathe. You can do breath work. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it, it's it's just that simple awareness and understanding of of how easy it really is. Um, that if you're if you're not you know in this realm of awareness of it, then it's just like 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 I was, where I thought that it was you know getting pretty, which is it's so much more than that. Yeah, it really is. Well, I can't wait to hear and see what you're doing next because it sounds exciting. You're always doing some interesting stuff and your content's amazing. I love it. Thank you. I, I'm grateful to um, just have the, the downloads come and be able to share them because honestly, it's, it's not from me. It's it's for me through me to you and uh all of it to me is coming back to love and how much you allow yourself to love yourself that's all that's all it is it's all you know what what in my opinion religion is and and all of it it's it's all it's love yeah, I would say that's that's true. I think COVID was a, a mind fuck for everybody, but I think, um, I mean, for me personally, it, it made me dive a little more inward instead of, I mean, you didn't really have anywhere else to go. So it was like, all right, let's see what I got. And it was a huge blessing for yeah. us. Um, totally. And like, and like everything else, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Right it's a choice whether you're going to listen to all the noise outside of you or, or do what you did and are doing and taking a look inside and, and trying to recognize why you've got so much pain. Yeah, totally. I don't know if it's fucked up these firefighters more or, I mean, I don't, I guess they never really had a chance to look inward because they've been dealing with this complete chaos yeah yeah and and that's why our work will never be done yeah because they're they're never going to stop um they're they're going to continue to have stuff thrown at them and so that's that's why we're here is just to remind them that they're not alone and that they are fucking important it's it's such a such an issue with this community of people is they are conditioned to put everyone else before themselves and it's killing them. Yep. Literally. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. And it's, now they're not, they're not being given even a choice. <laughs> they're, they're allowed to put themselves first or not. It's yeah. It's uh Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And like you were saying, like, I'm at, I'm stuck at work. I don't even have time to put myself first. Like, and that's chronic understaffing issues. So, I mean, yeah. 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 But, but, it, but again, that choice of perception, right? So, so I, I just got fucked. You know, I did a shift change with somebody and I, I took their shift and, and now I'm stuck because they called in sick. Well, there's also, instead of festering on that, the whole shift. Now I'm saying this with, with a lot of, um, 
um, I, I'm not in that position. So, right. you know, with a, a, a endless amount of respect. Right. However, the perception of, fuck, I'm, I'm stuck at work. I don't get to go home. Da, 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 da. I don't get to do this. I don't get to do that. Well, there's also the perception of, I have a paycheck now that I didn't have before. And I'm providing for my family in a way, in a tangible way. You know, it's, it's the, the physical presence is very important, but, but you, you got to find the perception of, of why this is happening in a, in a good way, because I genuinely believe that there is purpose for everything that happens and, and it is for the good. It may feel like shit in the throes of it, but it does all work out for good. Yeah. I think it's hard for them to see that in the moment, but you know, it's hard for all of us to mm-hmm. see that in the moment yeah. when we're handed a shit sandwich. Well, totally. I don't want to eat shit. Right. Or I ate more shit than this guy. You know, why can't this guy eat shit this week? It's like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's where, that is where, um, the perception of, you know, I would say it lightly comparison can be, can be good for you. Right. Because then you could think about how about the person on the street that doesn't have a job and, and that, you know, just is entangled in, in drugs. Who was your colleague once upon a time? Yeah. Or, you know, the guy that uh, maybe called in sick because, um, something was going on with his family and he really couldn't come to work and you're eating the shit sandwich for him because he's eating his own shit sandwich at home. Absolutely. And, and doesn't have, or has too much shame to admit it out loud. So we really don't know, you know, what's going on outside of us. Yeah. It would be a very good book. I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> one of these days it'll come. One of these days. <laughs> you're just getting all the pressure about that <laughs> it's coming it's coming don't worry we don't want to open that can of worms again <laughs> i'll write a i'll write a book before i'm dead so don't worry about it it's there coming. you go there you go okay well if you want to learn more about ashley and her work with the iverson foundation for active awareness you can go to www.iverson.com FAA.org. You can also follow on Instagram at Iverson FAA. And if you love listening to the podcast and want to continue hearing from us, it helps Google find us if you leave a review on your favorite listening app and especially on iTunes. Thank you so much for coming to be with us today, Ashley. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, ladies. I love you. Love you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Find us on social media at Dear Chiefs Podcast and online at DearChiefs.com. Tune in weekly for the 25,000-foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and out. (laughs) 